From the South Dakota Statewide Family Engagement Center, thanks for joining FamJam, where we bring together schools, families, and community members to discuss tricky topics in supporting students. We're your hosts, Morgan Von Hayden and Dana Livermont. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another great episode of The Fam Jam. I cannot believe that it is already May, and it seems like January was only a few weeks ago, but bam, we're getting really close to summer break. Yay! I know. It always amazes me. You know, you turn the corner um, into the new year over that winter break, and it just seems so daunting, and that, that warmer weather is so far away, but it always gets here quicker than I expect. And because we are so close to summer, we thought this would be a great time to tackle the tricky topic of summer slide. Definitely. You know, in the past, we've talked a lot about having common language and the acronyms we use in education and, you know, just making sure everybody understands what we're talking about. And I have to tell you, until I actually worked in education, I had no idea what the term summer slide was. Like, if you would have uh, said summer slide to me 15 years ago, I probably would have envisioned a a slip and slide. Ooh, how about a water slide? Yeah, like all those fun summer slidey things. I would have never guessed that it had something to do with learning, and it's not a good thing. I know. Summer slide is actually more of a bummer. It's learning loss over the summer. So sometimes it's called summer slide. Sometimes it's called summer learning loss. And it usually occurs with reading skills, but it could also um, happen with other skills like math. Well, I was looking over this research article about Summer Slide from the Colorado Department of Education, and it was actually pretty concerning. Basically, students in low-income families are more likely to be affected by Summer Slide, and they average a loss of two months of reading gains, and it's cumulative. So like each year, that, that slide builds up. So by middle school, some students can be quite a bit behind their peers. In fact, Summer Slide accounts for around two-thirds of the ninth grade achievement gap in reading between low-income households and their higher-income peers. It is alarming. Um, I know that a child's learning experiences during elementary school years can have a huge impact on whether that the student attends college or even graduates from high school. This is all pretty serious stuff, but, you know, reading can and it really should be a lot of fun. It's all in how we as the adults approach reading and how we integrate it into other fun learning activities. And that's why we've invited a variety of guests who can shed some light on how to make learning fun this summer and hopefully avoid the dreaded summer slide. All right, let's get to it. I want to start by hearing from a parent. Lindsay Hammer has four children, including a seventh grader, a fifth grader, a kindergartner, and a three-year-old, and she lives in Brookings. Thanks for joining us today, Lindsay. Hi. Glad to be here. So you have four kiddos at a variety of different age levels. What can you tell us about your children's different learning needs? A huge learning process for me. This is the first year I've ever done, uh, or that they've ever done online learning. And so I definitely, I've always had respect for teachers, but I have a little more after working with my kids. Um, Just the different needs are, my 13 year old is a lot more independent um, my 10 year old, then he kind of has a lot of trouble staying on task. Um, so 
finding different ways to get them all going and keeping them on task. You know, one thing that works for one isn't going to work for the other one. So it's, it's just been constant learning on how to, how to help them learn the best that I can. Before we asked you to join us today, had you heard of summer slide or summer learning laws? Cause I feel like maybe as educators on the education side of this, we know it is an issue and we talk about it, but I don't know if we talk to families about it so that they are understanding, you know, what is summer slide and here's what it means, you know? I had, I thought that I knew what it was, but I did look it up just to be sure. And, and that's what it was, was the, you know, kind of losing what they had learned or, or taking a step back. My kids go to Flandreau school and I live in Brookings. So, um, but I've always, I think that the Flandreau school does a really good job. I think there's probably understanding when they come back in through the doors after the summertime. As we're talking about summer slide and how to talk about it with families, I'd like to bring in another voice to the conversation. Josh Thomas is a wonderful friend of mine, a passionate educator. He's previously worked as an interventionist and is now a third grade teacher at Garfield Elementary. Josh, thanks so much for sharing your time with us today. You bet. I'm glad that I could take some time to join you and to talk about this um, this topic because it's really important and near and dear to a lot of teachers' hearts, especially as we start to gear up in this springtime for the summer and start thinking about now what for our kids, now what can we do for them this summer and how can we keep them learning. And I just appreciate you um, having me on and um, being part of the conversation. Cool. So um, earlier we talked about some statistics around summer learning loss or what we call summer slide. What have you noticed as an educator? What, what are some of the effects you notice that summer slide can have on your student? Well, I think there's lots of things that you can notice, um, especially when you start a new school year. If you're doing whatever test to get a baseline for where are your students at, especially in reading, um, writing, and math. We want to know where are they at, where are we going to start, and then now where are we going to go? So I think that's a big thing then to look at is, okay, here is now where we are at in the fall. Where were they at in the spring? And it's amazing, especially in a low-income school that I have been in my, I've been in two low-income schools. And throughout that time, these nine years, you can really tell those kids that have come down, those kids that didn't take time during the summer to read, didn't have experiences during the summer, didn't do things that would help them grow um, sometimes almost socially as well in the summer. That's really important for them to continue their growth and continue um, growing as individuals and as kids and as um, people, because that's just as important as what you see in the academic world, I think, of their growth and why some of that slide occurs. So Josh, we know that summer slide can happen mostly at the elementary level. Do you kind of notice which grades or ages are most likely affected by the summer slide? I really noticed, especially in those to be second, to be third graders. And I think still somewhat those kindergartners to be first graders, but really that K2 area is really important. Um, one thing that I have noticed and we notice as a team is that 
they need to be in good books in the summer. They need to continue reading in the summer. They need to have some kind of reading program, um, even if it's just like 15 minutes a day, or go sit out under a tree and read for five minutes, or have someone read a book to you for five minutes. Anything is helpful. I love how you gave so many different ideas, like letting kids read for five minutes or 15 minutes, and even reading to your kids, because that is expand, um, expanding their vocabulary. My fifth grader this year, we've always read books together, and I love listening to him read, but he still wants me to read to him. And, and then we uh, have those conversations, because it is expanding their vocabulary. And also so much we hear, like you're learning to read until second grade, and then you'll read to learn third grade on. So I think that's interesting, that K2 piece, and that's where you're also seeing a lot of the summer slide. And another piece of that too, is just having a fluent modeled reading. That is just as important, especially in those early ages, because kids sometimes don't hear what that should sound like. And especially when kids are reading, sometimes they aren't doing it fluently. So they're learning that I can read as I talk, but if they're hearing that more and more, that will help them as well. The other kind of just idea that I had as well was just talking and being social to have an experience with an adult and just to talk. It's amazing how many kids come to school in the fall and go, I have all these things to tell someone, you know? And so they have people that they want to tell things to. And not that parents aren't doing that because they are, totally are, um, but we're all busy. You know, we all go through our daily lives and we have this and this and that. And then we get home and we want to watch TV or we want to do this or do that. But just taking those five minutes to say, hey, tell me about your day. Or, hey, tell me about this experience. Or, hey, tell me about that book that you read for five minutes under that tree. We also have a lot of after school programs that are working with their kiddos and offering different experiences to help with summer slide, just to help with that gap and so many of our families need. So this is actually a great segue to bring in some um, guests who actually work in this area. Carla Johnson is a member of our advisory committee. She's in Sioux Falls and is the executive director for South Dakota After School Network. And she's an all around amazing partner. So Carla, we appreciate you giving us some of your time today. Thanks Morgan, it's just super to be here. What a great way to bring in the spring and uh, focus on what's coming on you know, this summer, what we've all been waiting for. So Carla, I would love for you just to share a little bit about what is the After School Network and your programs. Well, South Dakota After School Network exists to support and sustain uh, after school throughout the state of South Dakota. Um, after school is huge in South Dakota. The need is huge. As you know, we have one of the highest populations of working parents in the nation. And so uh, after school is like the infrastructure of a, of a community. It's like the water, heat, and lights in, in a community. You need to have it to have a successful community just because we have uh, a working parent population and they need a safe uh, environment for their kids to be, uh, as well as a learning environment for the kids to be. The After School Network exists to uh, support existing after-school programs. It exists to educate decision makers in communities and throughout state and, and national government. It's, a, it's a, 
a, a way through a through a network perspective of creating high quality programs here in South Dakota. And you work very closely with all of our out of school partners within South Dakota. And it's anywhere from an after school program that's at a school based location to a boys or girls club, um, 4-H. There's there's just a variety when we talk about out of um, out of school time. Could you share with us a little bit about what are some of these after school and summer programs doing to support summer learning? Learning can be disguised in many, many fun ways. That's exactly what after school programs do throughout the summer. They're able to create life lessons through just uh, normal experiences that kids can can, uh, have throughout the summer in different kinds of settings. I love the example of going to the parks. Uh, That is very typical in an after-school program. You know, no one wants to have their after-school program be a boring thing for kids. They want it to be exciting. They want it to be adventurous. They want it to include uh, learning. They kind of want to poke the bear to to make sure that uh, kids are asking questions and and uh, learning in, in really creative ways. And so after-school programs are super creative in bringing kids to many, many other kinds of experiences um, with experimental learning, with uh, the, this type of learning, kids test things themselves. They ask probing questions and they solve uh, problems. After school has an opportunity to really be a game changer for summer learning. And we can, we can do it in many, many fun, exciting ways. Everything from pools to parks to museums to rocket building. We know that the, the after school programs are a huge asset to communities and the things that you guys are doing are amazing and fun and kids are learning. And I like that you, um, you know, talked about bringing learning outside, especially during the summer. And we have the weather that you can do that um, somewhat comfortably. So I also want to bring in um, another guest that that kind of connects learning with the outdoors. And that is Katie Wiedrich. She's the school program coordinator for the Outdoor Campus West. So thanks for joining us, Katie. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So we have the outdoor campus and we have one in Rapid City and we have one in Sioux Falls. And I have been to both campuses. They're both amazing. Um, But for those who haven't had a chance to visit, um, what is the outdoor campus? So the outdoor campus is part of South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. And um, the focus of both of our outdoor campuses um, is to mainly teach people about hunting, fishing, outdoor skills, and um, conservation slash science education. Um, We provide opportunities to teach people about the outdoors, to interact with nature. And we actually focus on all ages, not just kids. Um, We really like to focus on families. I totally love every time I get to go to the outdoor campus. I'm glad that you say that it's for everyone um, of all ages because sometimes I feel like I have to steal like a niece or nephew. So like, can I go to the outdoor campus east? I need to, you know, find a little one so I don't feel silly going. But really, it is for everybody. Um, and there's just so much to do there, like to to see and to touch and, and to smell. And it's just very uh, experience-based learning. 
So we've talked about how summer learning loss happens most with reading and math. So um, how can experiential learning still promote those, you know, reading and math skills? Sure. So really, um, I'm going to say when we think about any learning, we think about the learning cycle or the, the whole process of learning. And um, experiential learning is really just rooted in um, people, students, particularly um, having an experience and their learning coming through that. And so you can add anything into that experience that they're having. The experiences that they have at the outdoor campus really focus on nature um, oftentimes, um, but even within, within that, there's um, literacy skills and math skills. Um, we make a lot of connections when we're outside. Um, and I always ask the students, "Is do you make connections in any other subjects? And the first thing they say is always reading. We make connections in reading all the time. And so the things that they're doing in school um, with literacy and math, um, that directly correlates to a variety of things that they would do outdoors um, and in, in other types of learning. When we're looking at that experiential learning, that really hits more of the whole child because um, it's not just focused on, on the one single subject, but um, it's pulling them into things that they might be interested in. And it's, it's connecting it to real life. Katie, based on what you've been saying, what ideas do you have for families to make learning fun during the summer? Yeah, so um, I suppose fun is probably different for all families, depending on what they like to do. Um, me and my family tend to do as many outdoor things as possible in the summer because we love to be in the outdoors. Um, my kids in the summer, they actually pull out all the junk that they can find in the garage or the backyard and they will build forts in our backyard. Um, and <laughs> so I kind of had to let go the first couple times they did it. I was like, are you going to clean it up? <laughs> but, um, I kind of had to just let go and just let them do their thing because they've built these elaborate forts and they spend so much time on that. And um, I just think about all of the skills that they're learning when they're doing simple things like that. Um, so one of the things I guess I would really say is um, I think if you just let them take that curiosity that they already have and, and roll with it sometimes that um, as the parent, you just have to like support that and, um, and just go with it. Sometimes families get the best ideas from each other. So Lindsay, what do you do with your family to promote learning outside of school and during the summer? I guess one of our favorite things is to, to be outside for sure. Um, we kind of call it park hopping. We would just go to, you know, surrounding towns or every, every park in Brookings, I think we've, we've been to now and, and kind of, we rate them. <laughs> we rate them on funness and, and stuff to do and whatever. But um, my biggest challenge I would say is, is um, having them disconnect from their devices that's sometimes they they are really cool in what they can learn on those things uh, my six-year-old loves her tablet and she she has these games on there that are just really good for learning wise um, but to take them away from that and get them moving any opportunity I I see it's to to break it down or you know whether it's colors or whether it's adding um, rocks at the beach or like you know whatever it can it is and a lot of times they just they have so much curiosity that 
I, as long as I'm being present and, and listening, they are asking. So I, I mean, they're giving me the opportunity to, to teach them something. Well, we've had a great conversation and I do think we're all a bit more ready to slide into summer while avoiding summer slide. But before we go, we want to ask each one of you one last question. I'll start with you, Josh. As an educator, what is one thing you wish families knew about summer learning loss? The one thing I would wish that they would know is that it's real and that it happens. And that in order to prevent that and even continue to help them grow, just doing little things for your kid and for your student will help them in the long run more than you'll believe. And so just reading five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day will help them so much. And I think just going outside, picking up rocks, going to a lake, going to a pond, any experience that gives them that curiosity, that's a huge piece of it. Because I think they want to be curious. They want to learn. They want to know more things. Just giving them different opportunities and experiences and learning about those different things just excites them even more to learn. And that's a huge key to, I think it as well, is to stopping that summer slide because they want to learn, they want to be curious, they want to have experiences. Being able to do that helps meet that goal that they're not only going to plateau, but they're going to succeed and they're gonna be high and above even where they were. Okay, now let's turn to our community partners. Carla, what is one thing you wish families knew about learning during the summer months? 80% of learning takes place away from school. Education isn't all about the classroom. It's just about, it is really about living life, uh, interacting with people, one-on-one. And uh, I, I, I just wish uh, parents were, were would just kind of take a breath and not uh, necessarily worry about it so much, but just let your kids experience life. Just let them go and uh, give them opportunity to experience life. And they'll learn. They're natural learners. What do you think, Katie? What is one thing you wish families knew about learning during the summer months? I know it's hard for a lot of families um, because I know a lot of families are working during the summer and um, I would really encourage families, um, whatever your family looks like, to just spend time with each other um, because I think that's the most powerful thing and, and give your kids that attention um, and really be with them. Um, and in the summer, it doesn't have to look like it does during the school year. I know my kids, you know, they read every night because they have their reading logs, but they don't have the reading logs in the summer. And it's absolutely important to keep reading. Um, but maybe that just looks a little bit different than it would during the school year. And so just find those times to spend together and um, take those opportunities and and just give your kids that that attention and that time that they they really need. And I mean, parents will benefit just as much from that as the kids will. Wow, I cannot believe how much great information we learned today about Summer Slide. And we hope all of our listeners did too. Tune in next month when we'll discuss the tricky topic of keeping kids healthy. 
And if you love our podcast as much as we do, subscribe to our podcast on Podbean and see you next month. The Fam Jam is a production from the South Dakota Statewide Family Engagement Center, where we're committed to uniting students, families, schools, and communities together by focusing on learner needs from cradle to career. Music written by Tom Freer. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, SFEC South Dakota, and become our friend. We love having new friends.